Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Deal with 
All right. Good morning, beautiful people. This is Prison Focus Radio, and I am your host, Nube Brown, here on KPOO San Francisco 89.5. I want to thank you for joining me this morning. First and foremost, I want to make sure that you are going to join us at the International Tribunal that's taking place October 22nd through the 25th. It is happening both in person and virtually. I believe that the um, the in-person event is now closed, but please consider going to spiritofmandela.org, spiritofmandela, all one word, dot org. Please join us, sign up. If you can make the $25 donation that they are asking for, that's great, or anything more or anything less. But if you cannot, that doesn't mean you cannot be a witness to uh, charging genocide. 70 years later, we charge genocide because very little, really pretty much nothing has changed. And I'm usually not a pessimistic person, but in terms of the way we are um, treating black, brown, indigenous, and poor people, Um, things may have gotten a bit worse also considering the climate crisis that we are in. So please be a witness by joining Spirit of the, by joining the tribunal and at least being a witness. Tell everybody that you know to tune in if you, uh, um, and if you are a part of it and you, will, and you will be in person, great. But please tell your people to join in virtually. This will be taking place in New York. Again, in, we are going to have a tribunal taking place October 22nd through the 25th for um, uh, the uh, charge. We charge genocide. Uh, the international jurors will be coming to New York and... Um, you know, um, America with three K's Inc. is complicit in this ongoing genocide against the people and planet. So join us, please. All right. Uh, with that said, one thing that I see happening, it's, uh, well, maybe I don't see it happening or it just seems to be uh, making itself more known, but the prisoners are becoming more and more creative, even more bold uh, in their uh, organizing capacities, uh, creating petitions, um, getting, uh, writing books. Uh, Their, their letters continue to come in telling us about what's happening. They want to, they want to be able to donate their organs before they are, uh, before they die inside, they are really, uh, it's just beautiful, again, to see um, our caged community members continuing to show us what it means to live through a lens of uplifting humanity. So that is one of the beautiful things that is, that is happening. Because as you know, I believe that all roads lead to prison and um, <clears throat> that is a continued crime against humanity. Slavery is legal and taking place within our prisons. We got a lot of work to do, but, uh, you know, together. And as long as we pay attention, remember that uh, we are abolitionists. We are human rights activists. Um, and uh, as much as we want to, as much as we are dismantling, we are also building and transforming. So... 
uh, let's get to it and see um, hear from our our family, friends, loved ones behind the walls. And again, thank you so much for being here. Love y'all. And um, all right, let's get to it. I'm glad that we are making this happen as well. And I have to, you know, you got to hand it to Lene. She has been uh, very uh, diligent in making sure that this is happening. So, uh, Lene, thank you. So let's get to it so that we do not waste any time. Taryn, so I want you to introduce yourself. I want you to tell us whatever it is that you wanna that you wanna speak on. And before I before we go though, I don't do you know um do you know David Easley? Is that how we know each other? Yes, ma'am. Cause I, I'm right next door to uh, Mr. Hingston. I think that they, I don't know if you call him Mustafa or Hingston. Yes. Yeah, you know, that we got we both uh, fly for centers, and that's one of my that's like one of my brothers. From the Ohio Correctional Facility, and may be recorded and monitored. Tell us from your perspective what what you want what we want to be uh, thinking about. Um. Me, personally, from my perspective, uh, what I feel as if I wanted to do with you and what it is that you're able to do is um, I want to be able to pr promote my book and the business that I do have, which is uh, Greatest Discovery Publishing. And it's because of for so long I have been writing books and nobody was giving me an opportunity to uh, expose my talents. And... You know, Miss Amber Rose through Quality Press, she gave me that opportunity. And through that opportunity, I was able to create my own somewhat of a platform so that when somebody else that's in these predicaments and positions are able to do what I have done, which is write a book or put their story on paper, they can have that platform to be able to do the same because it's really not about revenue when it comes to me and being able to help others because... It's about legacy, and my legacy means everything to me because, like I said, I don't know if you remember me speaking to you about it, but I have a 14-year-old daughter, and, you know, she's going through a lot. You know what I mean? I lost my mother, and, you know, a lot of my people are sickly, mm -hmm. and we have, all we have is each other. So I want her to see at the end of the day that no situation or circumstance can ever define her or hinder her from doing whatever it is that she want to do in life and she should never allow anything to define her but the things that she wants to define her and that's what I'm real big on because these people tried to bury me and didn't realize that I was a seed so I'm utilizing my talent and my mind as I continue to grow as a man and as an individual to be able to do exactly what it is that I, I put my mind towards and forward because at the end of the day I just want to make my baby proud and all of those people who sacrifice everything that they sacrificed while they were here or you know what I mean when they before they left or to the death or time <laughs> I, I just want to make all of that not be for nothing you know what I mean because I know that I have the potential to be something great with the right person behind me and I'm going to be because I, I know that I have those capabilities so I just need that platform and the people on behind me and beside me to give me where I have the potential to be. Well, I, I love that. And I will tell you that um, I, first of all, you know, 
Congratulations, and you know you have a, obviously you are, you are a beautiful father, and you have a, a beautiful daughter that you are wanting to keep your focus on. And so I guess I say congratulations mostly that you are transcending the walls. You have broken them down, like Asada Shakur says, a wall is just a wall, and it can be broken down. And that is how you are doing it by continuing to stay strong and focused, uh, laser focused, really on um, seeing right through that wall and uh, making your impact where you can. And I want to tell you that... This call I, is originating from an Ohio correctional facility mm, and may be recorded and monitored. I, uh, there, there's so much, uh, well, incarcerated, caged, uh, genius, talent, potential, as you know. Um, you, you know, you represent a lot of people behind the walls. Am I understanding correctly that you that you are creating or have a publishing company where people can, um, other writers can publish their work? Yes, Yeah, so, and you know, one of the things that we are doing here or that we focus on is uplifting black businesses. Let's talk about that. As of right now, the only thing that I have access to is uh, JPEG and the regular uh, postage mail. But, I mean, those, those are two ways that people can get in contact with me. Uh, I have a P.O. box and I have an email to where it's like, you know, whatever. Because with me being here, I know how difficult they make things. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I could reach out to the feds, because my brother in the feds, but I can't write him because I'm in the state. So I literally will have to send a letter home in order to get a letter to him through somebody else. And they have core links, but I don't have access to that. But however, whatever, however we can utilize you or the resources that you have to be able to help or be able to put other people in a position that I'm trying to put myself further in, by all means, I'm with it. I'm with it. Have you, have you published your books already? How many books do you have? Okay, as of right now, as of right, right now, I have two books. Uh, one of them is called Love, Time, and Death, mm-hmm. and the other one is called From My Eyes, which is a poetry book. The Love, Time, and Death is, is an urban suspenseful thriller. It's a suspense thriller. Um, the From My Eyes is a three-book trilogy, um, but I, I have a total of seven books written, and I'm working on two more right now. Uh, just got to get them published. Every time I get my books published, I, uh, I pay at least, like I said, 1300 to get it done, but, you know, I, that's me investing in myself, but uh, as of right now, that's why I, I do have two books written, and I have five more at home, and I'm working on two more right now. I can send, I can send you a, I have brochures made already, I can send you a pamphlet, because uh, the lady who gave me the opportunity that I have to be able to help others, she's pretty much a third party now, and instead of her, um, Instead of her being the person that people deal with as far as like uh, with her business and her platform, they see you. I'm like the stamp. Like my company is the stamp, and she does the work. So she's the one that is behind the scenes doing the work. But it depends on the page numbers of the book. Anything from 200 to 250 pages is gonna cost. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. But that 900 pays for the grab, the editing, graphic design, all of that. You know what I mean? Then you'll pay extra hundred for your books to be transferred into ebooks and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But all of the work that a person doesn't know and doesn't know how to do, it gets it done. It, it just gets done. It, it makes it easier for a person who doesn't have access to the things that you do need to get published. 
this this is a, like a, a legit business to where it's like I, I I I don't like having to spend that much money, but like my brother told me, he said, you know, if you, if you really want people to know what you're worth, you got to invest in yourself first, and and I did it, and it was worth it's worth it to me because it's like I know you said you haven't had an opportunity to read the book yet, but you know I know you probably read hundreds of books over time, but I promise you. Like, I know you probably heard this before, too, but by the time you get that eight read either one of those books, I guarantee you that, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see my vision and why I'm so invested in myself because I, I know what I'm worth. I know what I'm working with, and I know what I'm capable of with the right people at, 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 at my side, on the behind If you are just joining us, this is Prison Focus Radio, and I'm your host, Nube Brown. I've been We've been hearing from... Taryn Helms, and I don't know about you, but I never cease to be completely moved by um, the people that I get to speak to that are behind the walls, the ones that are called prisoners. Um, In some cases, the worst of the worst. They're just criminals that deserve to be uh, treated less than human beings. And I I feel like I oftentimes, in this case, speaking with Taryn, that I'm literally just speaking with someone who is not behind the walls, just a, just an average everyday person, not average in that sense, but just an everyday person that you might meet on the street or in your circle uh, as you're moving about through your day or just um, in your life. And I sometimes find myself uh, having to shake free of that thought processes and remember that this is actually someone who is caged, someone that deserves to be home. This is a father that deserves to be home with his daughter who is trying to, uh, and has started a career in writing for, I mean, even out here, it's so risky to think about becoming a writer, to become an artist, to become uh, an athlete, all of those things that your moms and dads say, you know, try and find a better paying job. And and so and then also what it takes uh, to to stick by, stand by firmly to your dreams. You also need the people that care for you. And so I do want to point out, I keep mentioning Lene and I have not asked uh, Taryn uh, what his relationship with is with Lene, but she is definitely um, a, a person who uh, gives him lots of support on the outside and how necessary that is for our people on the inside. So with all of that said, um, I, I just wanted to present um, just kind of that these are human beings behind the walls. I know many of you that come and listen to this show already know that, but I think it's important to keep it in the forefront because still prisoners are still somewhat disappeared unless we take the time to remember that they are still there, that there are millions of people that are still being caged, millions of people that are being silenced, Um, And far too many people, uh, well, I would say all of those people are affected in some way negatively by the carceral system. But it's also important to know that um, and be inspired by those that seem to be able to transcend the walls and how they want to not only give back to the people behind there with them, but to us out here. And what we can be doing is to... uh, 
stand with them in uplifting their humanity, uh, shining the light on the incredible work that they are doing, um, and how that uh, uh, continues to build and strengthen the communities that we want out here and that we want them to return to. Uh, Taryn is in Ohio, in Ohio, um, but that you know, distance, distance is distance, and he's behind the walls regardless. So um, I wanted to shift gears uh, uh, now that he has had a chance to talk about his book. You will probably see his ad in our newspaper, uh, if not in October. I'm talking about the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. Uh, I will give information also on how to uh, see his ebook, but I believe you can uh, you see it on, I think he said Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble. So check that out. But also, I did want to shift gears because Taryn is a five percenter. And I know very little about the five percenters. As a matter of fact, uh, they are new to uh, my experience. Literally, within just the past year, I have learned so much over the past a year or two, it's been uh, incredible. So um, for me, what an amazing experience. So I have since learned a little bit about the five percenters, but I don't know very much about them. Um, and um, and he was willing to share some of what that was about. So here is the um, continuation of the conversation I was having with Taryn Helms um, um, about what it is to be a five percenter. Um, yes, no problem. Uh, the five percent nation is just pretty much a knowledge itself because um, you know there's the eighty-five percent, which is the dumb, deaf, and blind. The ten percent, which are the people who are. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. The ten percent are the individuals who keep the dumb, deaf, and blind dumb, dumb deaf, and blind. And the five percent are those who are who have obtained knowledge itself and is willing to share it. And I mean, um, the five percent nation was originated from the nation of Islam, uh, from Father Father Allah, which was Clarence S. And you know, he was a part of the nation of Islam. And you know, with that being a religious thing, to where they believe in something, uh, Father Allah pretty much just took what he learned within that religion and separated it because inside of their religion it was teaching that uh there was something a higher power above themselves and inside of the quran it clearly states that um the allah itself which is arm leg leg arm head which is the the power within the mind so he separated the two and utilized what he learned and the lessons from the nation of islam to start the five percent nation Okay. And, you know, inside of the culture, we the the the, fa- the fathers, the man is the original man and the foundation of the solar system. The woman is the earth or the moon, and the child is the star or the sea. Okay. Well, it's like it gets real deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get. I'm getting that. And, um, do you do you have a um, do you um, like, do you have a certain set of principles that you live by, for instance? Uh, um. Um, we, the, the principles that we stand upon is understanding who we are. Like, through, like you know, it's not about 
it's not a religion. It's not a religion at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's more along the lines of, like I said, it's more about knowledge itself, obtaining the knowledge of who you are by doing the research. You know, because a lot of people that are religious, and we know, because we don't really get into debates and stuff about religion. What we do is we allow people to see from their own perspective the contradictions within their religion because you know what they did to segregate us and divide us is they they created different gods for other people to believe in when in all actuality if you sit back and think about it every religion just has somebody or something that they believe that's higher than themselves that they believe in so it's actually only one god and in the five percent nation we just believe that we see ourselves as gods because mm-hmm. our, our higher power is our mind. You know what I mean? Instead of praying, we put the... Because, you know, even in the Bible, it says faith without works is dead. You know what I mean? So instead of us being on our knees praying, we utilize prayer as meditation. You know what I mean? We find everything that's outside of self within self. Accountability. You know what I mean? Uh, we have a knowledge... You know what I mean? Which is to observe, study, and analyze everything in the universe, everything that exists, so that you can gain your own understanding to increase your wise dome, so that you can speak wisely about certain things and have a better understanding, which will increase your ways and actions, the way you move, the way you think, the way you speak. You know what I mean? It's just so that you can have the power to refine yourself, which brings about equality. That's beautiful. Know how old you you are. It's originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Uh, you, uh, I, I was just asking how old you were, I guess, and I, it's not that age really matters, it's just, I know that you have a 14-year-old daughter, I just kind of, and then wanted to just kind of, a framework for, the, the real question is, when did you realize yourself as a five percenter, or how did it, how did that come to be, how, you know, what, what inspired you to look further, look for yourself? Okay, well, yeah, as of, as of right now, um, I, I just turned 36, August 31st. Oh, uh, happy birthday. Uh, I came to the culture, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, two, years, two years ago, uh, I obtained knowledge itself through my enlightener, uh, but he had been picking it. I said, what inspired me was me and him used to sit down and talk on a daily basis. Like, he would just sit down and be talking to other guys in the library. And I've been knowing him since I was at home. We've been knowing each other for almost 20 years. Sorry, so, who is this? You know, to see, his name is Dion Glenn. Okay. But he's incarcerated, too. Like, oh. he's down here as well. But he used to build with me. And, you know, building is just, inside of the culture, there is no right or wrong. Like, as far as, like, your understanding of how you see things is how you see things. And how I see things is how I see things. So instead of me debating with you about your understanding being wrong, I hear what your understanding is, and we build upon that. You know, that way either you're going to increase the understanding or you may do the same thing for me. And the reason I say that is because through conversations with him, he made me see that while I was spending time on my knees praying, trying to give something outside of myself higher, I was becoming prey to the ignorance, to the, the lack of knowledge in, in so many words. Like, I was becoming that so much of the 85 because if he asked me a question one day, and it, it really opened my eyes. He said, why are you a Christian? And he said, and I couldn't answer the question. Like, I got to talking about, 
because Jesus saved me, died on the cross, and all that stuff. And he didn't say none of that was wrong. He just said, no, I guarantee you you're a Christian because your mother was a Christian or your grandmother was a Christian. The majority of us embrace religion based off of the people that was before us. Like, we just go to church, and that's just what we are. That's who we are. Instead of us doing our research and having a better understanding of what we're believing in. Like, if we take uh, Christianity, we go all the way back to where origin at. It was something that was utilized in order to control slaves. So, it's like, what are we really believing in? Like, what are we, what principles and morals are we really standing upon? If you can't ask questions, they say never question God. How do you ever obtain a better understanding of anything if you can't ask questions? And then if we are, like, this is the reason I'm saying all of this is because these are the things that open my eyes. Like, you like, are well, if you're a Christian and the people in the Vatican are Christian as well in the Catholic religion, what makes them more better than you to where they have access to different books in the Bible to where you can't see them unless you're at that stage in your life? Like, there is so many different things that opened my eyes. And then when he broke down as far as, like, the sea, like, in the inside of the culture, like I said, knowledge is one and knowledge is a man. Wisdom is a woman, and that's number two. That's it. Wisdom is a woman, and child is understanding. And it's like, when you sit back and think about how much the father, which is the son, the soil, the woman being the soil and the child being the seed, the, the child can only grow as a seed if the light is the, 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 the father and the mother nourish and nurture. You have one minute remaining. Like, when he just got to breaking down everything, it made sense. And then there's so many different things that I had learned over time through religion that didn't make sense to me. So I was inspired by having a better understanding of what being a 5% of representing. That is true. Wow, that's really beautiful. Ed, I, I love this, and I feel like we could talk about this all day long. I so appreciate you, Taryn. Really, um, it's really beautiful. All right, so you can find both of Taryn's books. Um, uh, you can find From My Eyes by Taryn Helms at barnesandnoble.com in paperback, and then Love, Time, Death. It is a novel, again, as he had said, and you can find that at Amazon.com. Um, hopefully, again, we will be um, hearing a little bit more from, from Taryn. And, and I'm also hoping that uh, I am not going to, I think I'm somewhere, I'm definitely not in the 5%. Uh, I mean, I do have knowledge of self, but I wouldn't necessarily say I'm, you know, that enlightened, like what he's talking about. Um, but I don't know about deaf, dumb, and blind. I'm probably not there. There must be some other, um, uh, there must be some other gray area that um, I'm going to have to um, unpack with him the next time, the next time we speak. But uh, never despair. Uh, we are all on the journey to, um, to our best selves. And um, all right, so... We are going to hear now from, I just got a call from Michi Dixon. Uh, he is in uh, uh, the California Substance Abuse Treatment Facility, um, I believe. Anyway, I always have great conversations with him. Or rather, I just love to hear what he has to say on any subject. So 
I just got a call from him. And so uh, I think we'll take a quick musical break. We'll come back with him and then end with another musical break. All right, here we go. about the words that we want to say and the FCC rules say no all right so sorry about that uh, but um, love the song definitely check it out when you can and we are going to come back with Michi Dixon our number will be monitored and recorded to accept this call say or dial five now thank you for using global tell link hey hey Michi how you doing I'm good. I'm good. I'm. What you been holding uh, in? Not, well, it's not so much of what I've been holding in. Um, like right now, I'm in the process of helping this guy out who's like, uh, he's 58 years old. And um, the interesting thing about it is, uh, we had a conversation and we were talking about uh, uh, you know, his past lifestyle. Mm. And 
before he came to prison. He's been in the prison 11 years, but he's been in and out of prison like, oh, his whole life. And okay. he's come back with uh, uh, 37 years to life. <gasps> no. And so we're talking and, Ugh. yes, yes. And um, we're talking and um, he's telling me about all these different things, you know, uh, talking about all these different experiences and, and, and experiences that we're talking, we're talking about a lot of like street experiences, gang mm. life, you know, street stuff. But during this conversation, we're talking about he's, he's describing different uh, uh, business opportunities he's had, different uh, things he's created, and, uh, oh. different circles of friends that he has, but the ones that he chose. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Hey, Michi, can I record you? Because I think we have amazing conversations. Sure. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Okay, perfect. Sure, okay. definitely. All right, great. Um, um, so... Uh, you got to get that to my wife, too. Uh, she hasn't received it. Yeah, um, I have not called her. She's on her way to the East Coast right now, so okay. she won't be available. Um, but uh, so this is like, this is probably our third or fourth conversation, but uh, he's uh, in the midst of him telling me all of this. I'm listening to him, and I'm hearing certain things that he's saying, and he's telling me, you know, all these different experiences. So... I asked him to tell me 10 things that he appreciates, that he likes about himself. And we had just had, a, like, our first conversation, we had a conversation for, like, an hour and some change. And uh, during this conversation, you know, he's telling me all this different stuff. And when I asked him to tell me 10 things about himself that uh, he likes about himself, he couldn't think of one. <gasps> and so, and that that's, that's so interesting to me. Whoa. That is so interesting. He couldn't think of one and then look then I asked him I said well because he was talking about these different groups of friends that he has successful friends you know in the streets as well as successful friends who went to school and got educated and whatnot and how they all love him and so I asked him so tell me 10 or tell me two or three things that the that your friends appreciate about you what did they like about you he couldn't give me anything he couldn't give me anything. Mm. And then Nube went, look, Nube, I asked him, tell me 10 things that you appreciate today when we talked. I told him, to get, give me 10 things that you um, like about yourself, the young you. And they just got to rolling off. And his whole face lit up, Nube. When, it, when I asked him to identify with his child self, his entire like demeanor lit up, his eyes lit up got kind of glossy, his smile got real broad, and he got to just write, 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 write. And I said, do you see that? Do you see how you identify with that child and how the love and appreciation and respect you have for that child is there? And, 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 and where you are when, it, when you look at yourself now? And I think that's so amazing because a lot of us, especially black men, I think we have that, uh, that issue as far as um, not just men, but men and women. Because I think that we look at our lives and we're so quick to identify ourselves by how society tells us to and how they identify us. And, uh, it's like he got to giving me these diagnoses, these clinical terms and whatnot. And I told him, screw all that. You know, get away from that. Because, you know, it's like I said, and I asked him, I said, if, you know, these police come in here, you know, our language was a little more colorful. Right. But I was like, if these police come up in here and they uh and they start calling you 
in this, in that, in this, in that, how would you respond? I get pissed off and, you know, you, I do this, 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 and that. I say, so, okay, so why do you look at yourself in that line? I say, they don't have to do that to you because you've already defeated yourself. Mm-hmm. Stop describing yourself based on what they tell you to describe yourself as. You know, it's like, come on, man, get away from that. But there's so many of us who does that and don't realize it, you know? I think it's so interesting because here's a 58-year-old man who has a 40-year-old daughter and a 19-year-old son and has five brothers and sisters, and he's the oldest, and he's having questions about why his children won't talk to him, why um, um, he can't seem to get away from drug use, and 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 why he doesn't uh, why he can talk all day without revealing anything about himself emotionally, and um, so that's what I'm working with him on, trying to help him get past those uh, those barriers that he's created for himself. And it's interesting. It is so interesting because he's a 58 year old man. You know. That is interesting. Well, I'm also I'm curious, curious. I'm completely intrigued by this, um, especially because I just have to say this. So um, I did just uh, record, well, I, it was already pre-recorded, but I added it to and, and, and edited it and things, um, somebody for the, for the radio program. And he's a five percenter. And do you know what that is? I don't know. Um, well, how big is it? No, so, I mean, have you have you heard of those um, the I group of people that call themselves five percenters? Oh, well, um, you said the five percenters, yeah, yeah, yes. definitely, yeah. Okay, so I just got off of you know, I so I just got through listening not too long ago to re-listening to this this uh, this this interview, somewhat interview that I had with this person. And he's a five percenter and he was talking about that and how the five percenters are about, you know, how they have knowledge of self. They're basically enlightened. They have, they are, they are, they are the five percent. They think of themselves as gods and it's about being in an enlightened state. And, And it's just amazing to me, like, wow. And the other numbers were really kind of cracked, not cracked me up, but I was like, oh, let's say to wait a minute. I didn't get a chance to really talk with him too much about it. Um, because our our time ended unfortunately but here is this man that you're talking about he's 58 years old clearly i guess he doesn't think of himself as a five percenter doesn't really feel like he has that knowledge of self but what in what encouraged him or inspired him to actually even look into his life or what made you for instance michi what made you ask him that questions tell me 10 things that you like about yourself and how were, I mean, that to, for someone that can't even come up with 10, 10 things, not even one, not even one thing, like, how did the question even present itself? Well, Nube, <laughs> the question, it, 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 it comes from, uh, it comes from a place of, you know, when you listen to a person talk, mm-hmm. when you, and you listen to what's not being said, mm-hmm. then it's like, during our conversation, there's all of these negative experiences, but there there's little specks of, you know, intelligence, uh, uh, fascinated by history, uh, uh, good with numbers, 
you know, um, a people's person, you know, gift the gab, you know, and, and positive people aren't attracted to just completely negative people. You know, when, when you have people who are, who are taking positive strides in their lives and they always leave their door open to you, it's because there's something that they see in you that you don't see in yourself. And I know that from personal experience, you know, and it's uh, my self-esteem and my, uh, my drive or my lack of drive have always, were always my barriers growing up. And when I learned that, okay, these are things that, you know, the people around you and, you know, encourage you in and teach you about and, and, and point out to you about yourself, then it, it, it opened up my, it's like it opened up my eyes to a whole different aspect of who I was and what I was. And a lot of dudes, especially in here, you know, in dudes of the street culture, they don't have that. They don't have that, 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 that ability to, to, um, to gauge those things within themselves because no one's ever done it. You know, it was a teacher on TV, this sister, I think she was about the East Coast on the news that I saw um, a few weeks ago, and every morning before class, she held a mirror up to her students. I think she, they were probably like eight, nine years old, in a, a full-size mirror, and, they, and they, say, they have to say, everybody has to come and say, I am, and, you know, put uh, something on the end of it. And I thought that was huge, because when you're teaching people at that age to identify themselves with positivity, and with, with beauty, then you're doing so much for them. And, and it's like, but those, those things that are, that are that small, we don't really take full advantage of, nor do we fully appreciate, right. you know? I agree. And it is necessary. It's so necessary, you know, because, it's, you know, again, it's all energy. It, this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. If all you see yourself as is a failure, then... Nine times out of ten, you will become a failure, you know? And, and when you come from environments that all you see is darkness, all you see is pain, all you see is hurt, all you see is fear, then that's what you identify with. And as men, you know, we look at our families and we wonder why our children are this way, we wonder why our women are this way, but, you know, our children and our women are reflections of us. You know, when we're not there to, to sustain our households, when we're not there, and I'm talking not just physically, but emotionally and mentally as well. And the other question, he told me that, um, he said that uh, that um, uh, it's easy, it's hard for him to, to, to open up, you know, as far as emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him for the definition of masculinity mm-hmm. in his mind. Mm-hmm. And he told me, well, it's been a man, it's been a protector, it's been, um, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's been strong. I was like, okay, but but what about the vulnerability? What about the ability to to, to, to communicate on an emotional level? What about the ability to, to empathize with a person emotionally, with a child emotionally, and you know what's going on in their lives? And he just and he sat there like, wow, I didn't think about it like that. But that's another aspect of masculinity that we don't teach each other as men because as men is sucking your tears, hold your head high, you know, deal with it. You know, there's no vulnerability, and the vulnerability is what connects us. Right. You know, it's the, the emotionality in the music, the emotionality in the, in, the, in, the, in the movies, in the writings that you identify with. And so if you're going to identify it in, in movies, in, in entertainment, then, you know, imagine if it's there in your household. If 
you can sit down and you can really lay your head on your wife's lap and, and, and pour out your heart to her. If you can sit back and you and your son, you know, do something and, and, and you explain to me, ain't nothing wrong with crying, let it out. But we don't hear that and we suck it all in and we take it out on each other on the streets. And that's the issue, you know? Right, right. Not only do we do that, but then we actually, what we do pile on top of it is, again, this kind of warped sense of what it means to be a man. And uh, so, you, yeah, that, and that's really, well, thankfully, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't ascribe to any of that. And so I didn't push that on my son. Uh, he is definitely emotionally, um, a, uh, you know, a healthy human being, but I understand that is, uh, a very big issue, and, and it, it's really right in our face once again because, um, you know, we talk a lot about, sociopolitically, we talk about, you know, the colonizer. and the, ca- the capitalist, the imperialist, but we forget about the patriarchy. And as you know, R. Kelly was just uh, convicted, and now he has a life sentence. Yeah, but, 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 you know, Bay, I have a lot to say on that topic right there. Right. It's good to talk to you again, Michi. Okay. Peace. Okay, you too. Peace. All right. Uh, We are going to get to hear more from Michi uh, next week. But I want to read a letter from Vincent A. Callender. He is also at uh, uh, CSATF, which is where uh, Michi is, and also our beloved Zah. So let me read this piece that was written on September 9th, 2021. Dear, and it's open. Hello, I'm writing in regards to how, as an inmate prisoners, we are not allowed to donate our kidney to a needy recipient who may be in society. As of currently, inmate prisoners are only allowed to donate their kidneys upon death. We can sign an advanced directive, which can then be used to release our organs or body parts to whom um, is to receive them. This procedure is not allowing an inmate prisoner to donate a kidney while alive to, for example, be thanked for their donation of a life-saving gesture. In California Department of Corrections, as an inmate prisoner, the department will not incur the cost of a kidney transplant operation, even though this operation can save a life. It is sad to know even a son, daughter, mother, father, or compatible match can't benefit from a donor match who is in prison. The rule denies a potential donor the rights to rehabilitation and compassion for others and remorse. Let alone, the CDCR states that incurring the post-operation cost of care of a donor uh, kidney is not in their budget. So for me, the last, sorry. So for the last 10 years, I have been doing research and making plans on, on how the way of CDCR is not the promotion of life. I created Inmates Giving Life. My nonprofit is formed to help those in prison who want to donate their kidney to a needy recipient in society. My mission is to save lives one by one. Currently, I'm looking for people who want to help me and my dream come into reality. If you publish this letter, maybe I'll find some good people to work with me. Thank you, Vincent A. Callender. Well, I think we are going to definitely try to uh, publish this, if, if nothing else, at least on the website. But you can write to Vincent A. Callender uh, by going to uh, Vincent, V-I-N-C-E-N-T, uh, A, capital A, and then Callender, C-A-L-L-E-N-D-E-R. 
His uh, prison number is F, like Frank, 27511. He is at, um, again, C. Sadif, that's C S A T F, as in Frank, um, E 3138. Again, CSATF, C-S-A-T-F, P.O. Box 5242, Corcoran, California, 93212. You can also reach him with JPay at JPay. You can visit www.jpay.com. So please write or email. Again, Prisoners Uplifting Humanity. Um, Caring, loving human beings that want to do something good, um, with their lives. Uh, all right. So um, that is going to be our show. Thank you so much uh, for being here and staying with the on the right side of of history by uh, being an abolitionist, uh, being about human rights, understanding that the crime against humanity that is was slavery is now a new iteration taking place within our prisons, and that we out here. Um, cooperating, uh, visioning, dreaming, working with, struggling with our family, friends, and loved ones on the inside. We will transform this into the world that we want. All right. Peace to all of you. Oh, and get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer. Oh, and one last thing. Don't forget to visit www.prisons.org. That's CPF's California Prison Focus's website, make a donation, um, get and stay woke with what's happening with the prisoners, visit San Francisco Bayview's uh, National Black Newspaper's website at www.sfbayview.com, and don't forget about signing up for the tribunal. Go to spiritofmandela.org. All right, people, love (laughs) y'all.
Thank you.